You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to church. Good morning. Welcome to those that are watching online. Hey, welcome, welcome. Your High Ridge family wants to give you a big round of applause as we welcome all of our online friends. Come on. We're glad that you're watching today. Do us a favor, if you would, if you're watching online, would you share this message with your Facebook friends? Share it on YouTube. Maybe send somebody a text with this link in that text part. I think that, would, I think that it would help them. I think it would bless them. I think that God has something powerful to speak, not just to you, not just to them, but to all of us as we dig into his word. So John chapter four, John chapter four is where the Lord's leading us today. Something powerful, I think, is gonna happen as we let God's word speak to us. We're gonna continue on with our series called If We're Being Honest, If We're Being Honest. And it's all about honesty. I'm gonna give you some things about myself. I'm gonna be real honest with you. I'm gonna invite you to be honest with yourself and even more, to be honest with the Lord. I believe that great breakthrough starts with honesty. Honesty. And uh, I think most of us would amen that. We think honesty is a big deal. We think it's important for people to be honest with us. It's important for us to be honest with others. But it's, uh, it's kind of one of those things that we think, but we don't really live like it because we will lie to ourselves all the time. Some of you are like, no, no, I believe in William Shakespeare, the famous theologian that said, to thine own self be true. And uh, <laughs> uh, no, you lie to yourself all the time. You, you, case in point, you will go to a Mexican restaurant and tell yourself, I'm just gonna order a salad. And then that chips and salsa comes, and you're like, uh-oh. Mistakes were made, I'm just saying. You, you'll lie to yourself, you'll, you'll go on the scale and look down at your weight and be like, this underwear weighs 40 pounds, so I've gotta deduct that from my... Uh, this is, this is not a, <laughs> this scale is wrong. This is a, this is a lying scale. We'll, you'll lie to yourself all the time. You'll tell yourself stuff that it's not quite what you, what you think. I'm okay. I'm good. Not that big of a deal. I'm not hurt. Honesty goes a long way in your relationship with God. We need people that won't lie to us. We need the word of God to not just say what we want it to say, but, to, but to, to say what we need it to say. Lord, use this and let this be through the lens of honesty so I can hear what you're saying to me. I think many of us will just kind of lie to ourselves and kind of pull out what we want versus allowing God's word to determine what it is on its own. Honesty is a big deal. Sometimes you need to stop lying to yourself and just, just enjoy the moment. I think for many of us, we got a strong dose of honesty the first time you had to wear a mask. Now you know what the rest of us smell. You get it. You got a full face of you, and you can't lie in that moment. You're like, oh, my friends must really love me, right? Now you know. We, we were uh, doing some spring cleaning yesterday, my wife and I, and we went through our closets, and I tell you what, your closet won't lie to you. It will tell you the truth. It will tell you some things that you believe about yourself that are not true. Like, you're gonna wear that again someday. You're gonna be able to fit into that. I'm being honest today. Can we not be honest? Yeah. You don't have those things in your closet. You're like, you know what? I'm gonna lose weight and that's gonna look really good on me. So I buy clothes for what I'm gonna look like. That, come on, you're lying to us. I got a half a closet full of clothes that ain't never been worn. But someday I will. I'm gonna wear those. It's like, I will be a schmedium. I've got a lot of, I've shopped a lot at Baby Gap. You know, I'm gonna look good. 
No, your closet will tell you things about yourself. It'll tell you that you lie to yourself. It'll tell you you ain't that skinny. It'll tell you that you had an emo face. It'll tell you, it'll tell you that, you, uh, that you're, you're a hoarder. It will tell you what you smell like. Like, go through your closet and be like, this is, like, no, that's you. Like, you need to smell that because the rest of us have to deal with it. It's trying to scream at you a little bit of honesty. Now, honesty goes a long way with the Lord. In John chapter four, I want you to see someone's opportunity to be honest with the Lord or to just be polite. That's really what happens. We have multiple opportunities, I think, in our, in our life to be polite, to be courteous, or to be honest. And sometimes they're not the same. In John chapter four, Jesus meets a woman at the well, a Samaritan woman. Pick it up in verse six, if you would, look at this. Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water and Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? And his disciples had gone into the town to buy some food. By the way, how'd you like to be the guy that has to pay for the food that you're buying when you know Jesus' miracles? You're like, seriously? You want me to go to town and buy food? Can't you just like, we've got a couple of loaves and fishes left over. You, you can't, I've got to buy lunch, seriously? Then you're kind of looking at your water, looking at Jesus, looking at water, like, is he gonna do it again? Is he gonna do it again? Is he gonna? No, was that just, oh, sorry. Nobody, seriously? That's what I think when I'm reading this. Like they go to town to buy food and the guy's like, man. That's messed up, Jesus. So the disciples go to the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman came and said to him, wait a minute, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you even ask me for a drink? Why are you even talking to me? For it says, Samaritans and Jews, they don't talk to each other. I want you to notice the racial tension, the division between two people groups. She's like, what are you even doing talking to me? Don't you understand the political climate? Don't you understand that you, you, you're different than me and, and you're this and I'm that and I'm this and you're that and we're, we're not even supposed to have conversation. And in this moment, Jesus answered her and said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, I can see you're crazy. No, she says this, uh, you've got nothing to draw with and this well is deep. Where can you get living water? And it's, it's skip on down, it says, Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming back here to draw water. And he told her, look at this awkward moment. Go call your husband and come back. I want you to stop right there for a moment because this is Jesus willing to step into the uncomfortable and confront an issue. There's polite, then there's right over the line, and that's where Jesus goes. Why don't you go talk to your husband? Why don't you guys come back? Now, in this moment, she could have done what many of us would do. Like, you know what? Okay, cool. Uh, we'll meet you here sometime in the afternoon when kids get out of ball practice. We'll be back and be like, I ain't never coming back. That got weird. I don't want to tell him all my business. I don't want him to know my life, right? But she makes a choice to move beyond just polite into honesty. And she says this, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. And the fact is, you've had five husbands and the man that you have now, that's not your husband. 
I wonder whose husband it was. That's not yours. And it says this, what you said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see you're a prophet. Or in other words, uh, once I chose to get honest, now I can see. There's a revelation that happens the moment that we step beyond just being polite, the moment that we step beyond just being comfortable, just being safe, just being normal, to where we step into honesty. Honesty goes a long way with God. Now, as we dig into God's word, there's a couple things that we're gonna pull out of here in scripture today that I'm gonna tell you, um, uh, they may apply to you, but that's gonna be up to you. What I am gonna say is these things apply to me. I'm gonna give you three truth statements about myself, and I'm gonna be brutally honest with you. And in that moment, when I say these things, you have a choice to make of whether or not you can be honest with the Lord and with me about where you are, okay? Because I think it's important that we don't do what everybody else does on Sunday and lie to ourselves and lie to everybody else. How are you doing today? Incredible. I'm having a great week. I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Hallelujah, glory to God, and all the other words. Sunday is the most dishonest day of your week, right? Come on, somebody, because we will lie and pretend because we're a church, and that's the polite thing to do. This ought to be a place where you can get honest, and maybe not even with us, but at least be honest with the Lord. Be honest and watch what happens when you get honest and Jesus starts doing his best work. I think if we were to be honest today, we're not all in the perfect place. We're still dealing with a lot of fallout in our world. There's lots of wars and rumors of wars. There's things going on in our globe. Not even, it has maybe very, very little to do with your own family, your own situation, or your own heart. But there's plenty of stuff to worry about, get freaked out about, things that are applying to your life right now that make life hard. It's difficult. You're walking through a lot. You may be doing the best you can with what you have. But if we're gonna be honest today, I think the Lord wants to take you into a new place. He wants to reach areas of your heart that you've ignored. He wants to talk to you about things that may be a little uncomfortable, but they're necessary. They're necessary for you. You see, in biblical terms, we call this sanctification, where God begins to pull things out of your life that don't belong and deal with them one by one. And the worst thing that you can do in that moment is to say, that's not true. I don't, I don't have none of that stuff. I'm good. Y'all the ones that messed up. I'm the good one. So in order to combat that, I'm gonna give you three honest statements about my life, things that I see when I look at this scripture, things that I find when I look at John chapter four and look at my own life. And in that moment, you have a choice to make. Can you be honest about where you are? If you're a note taker, you might wanna write this down. I think it's gonna be good. It's gonna help you. Let me give you three, three truth statements. Here's number one. Here's about me. Number one, I give God more excuses than uses. I give God more reasons why he shouldn't use me or why it's uncomfortable or why it's awkward or why, why it just doesn't fit with my timeline for today than really useful moments. Now for you, you may say, that's crazy. You're a pastor. That's 24 seven for you. Let me just say, I'm not that great. I really ain't. And there are times in my life where I'm like, dude, talk to somebody else. This is, and I, I get that, I get that. But let me just tell you, when you're a pastor, you're gonna walk through moments of your life where you think, I've made a lot of bad choices. I should have chose something different because people probably don't expect you to do what you do on your days off. You might be a therapist. 
But when you're sitting at the spa, you know, when you're hanging out with your friends, when you're getting your nails done, people aren't like, hey, you know what? I need to talk to you. That, it's different. But yet when you're a pastor, once people find out what you do for a living, they're like, hey, free therapy. And they want to talk to you about religion. And I'm like, dude, I like to leave work at work. Are we, are we not being honest today? Are we not? I told someone one time, you're about three beers too intimate. You're being a little too honest with me. That's a little too brutal. You, you might want to cut it off there. That's too much. But you know, you're sitting on a plane and someone's like talking about their life. They're like, so what do you do? And I'm like, I want to lie. That's what I want to do. Like I'm in sales. Lord, I'm, I technically, I'm selling you to them. That's what, that's what I meant by that. It's not really, come on, let's be honest today. I don't want to tell them because then they're going to want like, hey, you know what? I know a lot about religion. Here's all the scripture I know. Here's all the things I know. Here's a church I used to go to. Here's this, here's that. All about, and I'm like, dude, I'm just afraid of flying. Could you just shut up? I'm waiting on those Biscoff cookies to come back around because I need something in my, nobody? No. I like to leave work at work and I will give God more excuses of why this situation doesn't matter than uses. I can be honest about that. Now, as we're looking in this story, there are a ton of excuses. Number one, it says Jesus was tired. Number two, it says it was noon. This is the desert, by the way. Tired and noon, tired and hot. That doesn't work very well for me because I'm fat and I love air conditioning. It's the most beautiful, amazing invention that God ever put up on this planet. But if I get tired and I'm hot, don't ask me to do a lot because I'm like, ah, it's 104. Who does stuff? Like this is, not, this, is, this is not the time for anything. As we dig into the story, we see that this is a Samaritan woman, and Jesus is a Jew. She's like, wait a minute, you're, you're not even supposed to be talking to me. You're different than me. We make excuses when people are different than us of why we can't be used. But remember, the theme of this entire story in, in, in the book of John is evangelism. When the disciples come back, they're like, wow, what in the world's going on? This, and Jesus is like, lift up your eyes. The fields are white, they're, they're white for, for the harvest. And the workers are few, but, but the, the harvest is ready. It's all about evangelism. And he's like, yeah, I was tired. Yeah, it was noon. Yeah, that's a Samaritan woman, and it didn't matter. He looks past the excuses and begins to see the potential of this woman at the well. Notice that she's not only of a different race, but she is alone. There was a man and a woman alone outside of the city I don't know about you, but that's, that's not a situation we're gonna start a conversation with a stranger. This is unsafe territory, right? Let's look at it. Think about it. Put yourself in this position. So aside from gender and aside from race, aside from being tired and being hot and being unsafe, in the middle of all of those things, Jesus still finds a connection and brings someone what they need despite the excuses. That challenges me, that pushes me because I often give God a lot more excuses than uses. There's a lot of reasons why I don't. I wonder what are your reasons why? When God speaks to you about things that he wants to address in your life, what excuses do you give him? Stuff like, that's just the way I am. That's just how my mama raised me. To speak my mind, to tell them how it is. Jesus is like, hey, look, can I handle this issue? Yeah, you know what, Jesus, that just runs in my family. We're Mexican, and that's the way we deal with things. <laughs> there's, there's a difference between what the Lord wants you to do and the things that you use as an excuse for your behavior. 
I give God a lot more excuses than I give him uses. And in the midst of all these things that are going on, all the excuses and the reasons why not, we find this woman alone and unsafe, uncomfortable. I'll say it this way. In God's purpose for you, safety and comfort are often more barriers than benefits. We will rely on safety and comfort as an excuse to not get uncomfortable when God is calling us to step out and to do what he's called us to do. But that, it's not safe. It's not comfortable for me. I love that he deals with all of that. And it challenges me personally to do more. And then Jesus says stuff like this. Can you get me a drink? Now, we know that he doesn't need a, a drink. If he can turn water into wine, he can certainly get water from this well. But... He asked her for something. And notice that she says, you don't have anything to draw with. So in other words, you're gonna use my bucket? And if you ain't got out your own bucket, you certainly don't have no cup. This is getting uncomfortable and weird. And COVID, Jesus, hey, we can't be, we can't be sharing a bucket, man. Think about this. If someone asks you, it walks up to you at a restaurant and says, hey, I'm really, really thirsty. Can I have a drink? Uh, can somebody, dude, Okay, and then they take a drink out of your straw? Now, maybe you're one of those weirdos that's like, absolutely, lick all over that thing. This is great. I just want to show the love of Jesus to you. Not, come on, man. Notice the uncomfortable tension in this moment. She's like, you don't have a bucket. You ain't using my bucket. He's like, if you knew the power of God, if you knew who it was that was asking you for a drink, you'd be asking me for a drink. Jesus is willing to step into the uncomfortable to eliminate the excuses and to unlock potential. And I believe that the same God that did this for this woman at the well is still doing it for his people like you today. But there's a lens that we have to find this whole thing through and that's the lens of honesty. Honesty. Can you get me a drink? Can I use your bucket? Oh, I don't know about you, but I give God a lot more excuses than uses. You know, she might not have been seeking God in this moment, but he was seeking her. Here's the second truth statement that I'm gonna give you about myself, and I wanna see if you can maybe find some, uh, find some common ground with me. So number one, I give God a lot more excuses than uses. Number two, I have wounds that I won't let Jesus heal. I have my reasons, you have yours. But let's be honest today. You've got your stuff, you've got your junk You've got your issues, you've got your hurts and your wounds. You might call them your, your personality. You might blame it on your Myers-Briggs or your Enneagram type, but you've got your stuff and I've got mine. And there are things that we're happy to give to God and there are other things that we're like, yeah, but this defines me. I like this. This is my thing. And the Holy Spirit begins to deal with your heart like he's going to do today. And you have a choice to make in that moment. Can I be honest and say, I trust you with this? Or can I say, no, this is, this is, this is kind of who I am. It's your attitude, it's your anger, it's your hurt, it's your bitterness, it's your finances, it's your past. I want you to know that Jesus understands. He understands. That's something that we have to get into our minds. And here's the thing, there's so many different, uh, different things about this woman at the well and Jesus. Of course, there's a lot of differences there. So many excuses and different things, but, but they do have one thing in common. Rejection. Rejection was a huge part of Jesus' life. 
Multiple times in scripture, it says that Jesus began to preach or talk or began to challenge someone and says that they went away. Like, nah, I can't do that. As a matter of fact, the prophet Isaiah in chapter 53 describes Jesus, it says, it says it this way, he was despised and rejected. It says he was a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hid their faces and we held him in low esteem. You know, when you think about Jesus, you might not have that picture of him in your mind, but he's familiar with being passed over and overlooked, with being rejected and despised, with people wanting to turn their face away from him and say, ah, I can't, I can't deal with you. You're getting uncomfortable for me. You might not think of Jesus that way, but in many ways, when it gets uncomfortable, when the Holy Spirit is dealing with your life, we do the same thing to Jesus today. No thanks. No, 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 no. We'll use the spirit of rejection that others have given us and project it onto God. No, is it just me? Is it just me? Rejection is a powerful tool of the enemy. And we see this at work in the woman at the well. We see this at work in her life from one failed relationship to the next. And we see that Jesus understands what it means to be rejected. We've got something in common. And rejection is powerful and it will lie to you. You ever been rejected? You ever had someone that you know and loved and respected someone that you maybe you, you, you had a lot of, of of hope for and they pushed you away. I've been there. Let me show you this. Rejection's biggest lie is that I'm unlovable. And then I'll tend to project that onto God and his people. I wanna let that sit for just a minute because I want you to see that something that God doesn't do, God never rejects you, but yet we will reject him when he's trying to deal with your rejection. <laughs> no, just me, just me. I found this to be true in my own life that it will lie to me and I'll project it onto his people too. Like, see, it's happening again. You'll take it from church to church, from relationship to relationship, from job to job, from marriage to marriage. Notice this, that it says the disciples were going into the town. She was coming out, she was alone. But never says they stopped and talked to her. Walked right past her. And notice that when Jesus begins to confront her issue with going from marriage to marriage to marriage to marriage to marriage to somebody else's marriage, as he's confronting this issue, we see why she's drawing water alone. You see, this should be the highlight of every woman in this period of time. It should be the highlight of your day. The chance to go and hang out with other women at the well to draw water and talk and share stories about your family and your children, your life and the things that you're doing, share recipes and share your Target and Starbucks stories or whatever it is that you do. We don't understand. <laughs> but she's alone, an outcast, rejected, despised, having to walk into things that are unsafe because of her issue. But I love that Jesus calls her out of that with a question and ask her to be honest about where she's at. Now she does what many of us do. Uh, when someone asks you to be honest, when they get a little, little uncomfortable, she fills it with all kinds of religious talk. Oh, I know this about the Bible, and I know this about this well, and I know this about our history, and I know this about worship, and you ever have people do that? 
you'll try to talk to them about the Lord or they'll talk to you about the Lord and then they'll just give you all kinds of stuff to kind of pull you away from the fact that the Lord's dealing with their heart. No, just me. Happens all the time. You're like, hey, let's talk about your marriage. Yeah, you know what? In the beginning, God created man and woman and, and God created Adam and Eve. Like, no, 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 let's talk about your marriage. Yeah, you know, my parents were married for a long time. No, let's talk about your marriage. Yeah, you know what? I saw on one time on a TV show. Like, wait a minute. They'll give you everything that they know. They'll talk about all the things that they filled their head with to try to avoid dealing with this one thing. And it's a heart issue. I found this to be true for myself, that when my heart is empty, I will fill it with dumb things. No, just me? Let me be honest with you. When my heart is empty, I fill it with things that could not possibly measure up to what needs to fill the gap in my heart. As a matter of fact, the prophet Jeremiah talks about uh, what happens when God's people do that. He says, my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they've dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. You're trying to create for yourself things that cannot possibly satisfy what Jesus is trying to do. So we reject Jesus because he gets uncomfortable, gets into my business. He tells me things are not okay, but they can be if you trust me. You're like, no, you know what? I'm I'm comfortable here. I'm just dealing with it. I'm processing. I can't go there. Jesus said, that's a sin. You've rejected me. You set up for yourself something that cannot possibly satisfy you. So this woman has gone from relationship to relationship, find nothing but broken and superficial companionship maybe. And Jesus steps into the uncomfortable, deals with it, begins to speak to her and ask her to be honest. In those moments, she gets off on religion. She talks about the things that she knows because she's starving for connection. I can see that when you're picking up this story, when when you're used to coming out there and having conversation with others and there's it's not that provided for you, but there's one man. She, she has enough courage to get past the unsafe and start having this conversation. And Jesus puts his finger right on the issue. Now she'll squirm a little bit, try to change the subject to make it polite, but she doesn't leave. She begins to talk about all that she knows. And Jesus shows her, hey, your heart's empty. You've been filling it with a lot of dumb things. And you keep trying to avoid the conversation, but I'm bringing it back to the point. And he's reaching out for her, asking her to be honest. I remember in my own life when I, I was in my uh, early 20s, I turned my back on God, rejected church, rejected religion, uh, being raised in a church, being raised around Christianity. I didn't, didn't want anything to do with any of it. And so I began to rebel one thing after another. All the things that, that they raised us and told us not to do, the things that were wrong and evil, I'm like, let's make a list and I'm gonna do it in alphabetical order. One after the other. How dare you try to control my life? And so this is what I did from one thing to the next. Let's try it all. And so one of the things that we were never allowed to do gr- growing up in church is you could not go to a haunted house. That is the devil. Haunted houses are the devil. We are not gonna have Halloween. We're gonna have a trunk or treat. It's not the same thing. I'm not trying to step on that today. I'm saying some of you have really strong opinions about your Halloween and trunk or treat. I don't know. But in my day, it was all the devil. You don't do that. You never eat candy on Halloween ever because it's the devil. And there's razor blades in those apples. Remember that? There's needles in there. Like, that's why we had to shake your candy. That is a lie that parents told their kids so they could eat all the Tootsie Rolls and the good stuff. 
But I'm sure the Lord will forgive them for that because that's just being safe. And I decided we're gonna go to a, we're gonna go to a haunted house this Halloween, but you couldn't just go to a haunted house. You've had to find the most extreme one. And being in Dallas, you could find some haunted houses that were really extreme. And it wasn't enough to just go to the most extreme one and the most expensive one. You had, to, you had to add drugs to it. So you'd drop some acid or you'd smoke a lot of weed. I mean, just talking like, just take it over the top so we can just, if you're gonna go to hell, you make a splash, right? And this is the things that we would do because we were told that it was wrong. And you fill that void up in your heart with a lot of dumb things. Some of you are like, how does he get to preach on a Sunday morning? Like, hey, mistakes were made. This wasn't yesterday. And I remember when we finally got to this haunted house, it was one of those long ones that you pay like 40 bucks a person to go to and we're super high, all kinds of messed up. And as I was walking out, I happened to be walking to my car and there's a man that approached me. He said, excuse me for a second, can I, can I talk to you? He said, I feel like the Lord has led me here to, to ask you a couple questions. Right, how's your relationship with Jesus? Like, dude, this is not the time. <laughs> but in my effort to be polite but not honest, I began to just talk to him about religion. I can do it all day long. I know all kinds of scripture. I can quote it. I can have theories and theology. We can do all this stuff. I can tell you what I think you wanna hear. I can have the conversation with you and never get to the issue of that, that simple fact that I'm running from God. And my heart is broken. My mind is messed up and I'm filling my life with a lot of dumb things because I've rejected Jesus. I've lived this scripture. I know what it's like when his word says, you've rejected me and dug your own cisterns that cannot possibly hold water. The Lord is saying, come and drink. Come and drink. Get back to a relationship with Jesus, not religion. I have found that when I don't have my heart right, I will fill my heart up with a lot of things that cannot possibly measure up to what Jesus wants from me. And when Jesus gives this woman an opportunity to be honest, she takes it. Which leads us to point number three. I'm gonna give you a, a truth statement about myself that I see in this story and ask you to at least look at it and be honest with yourself. Number three, uh, I can be healed if I choose to be honest. I can be healed if I choose to be honest. Notice though, it, it's a choice. It's a choice that you're gonna have to make between you and the Lord, not with me. You can lie to me all you want. We can have religious discussions. You can pretend that on, on a Sunday morning, like everything's great in your life. But in, in just a few moments, I'm gonna give you a chance to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to shine his light on your heart and the issue that he wants to deal with in your life. Maybe you don't trust him. Maybe you have a hard time with your children. Maybe it's your, it's your marriage. Maybe it's your finances. But if you can't get honest, you'll never see the breakthrough. Let's be honest. And Jesus asks her a fantastic question. Can you give me a drink? It unlocks a conversation. And then he gets to the place where he puts the finger on the issue. Go call your husband and come back. Now, I wonder what would he, what would he ask of you? What would your issue be? What happens in your heart when somebody says, why don't you open up your checkbook? When someone says, why don't you open up the app about your finances? What happens? Is that a moment where you're like, that's uncomfortable. I don't want you to know my situation. What if God's asking you to trust him with money? 
In that moment, does something come up inside of you? That's, it, it's an alarm bell saying, Lord's like, I, I, I want that. Can we be honest about this? There's an issue with your money and you don't trust me. So when I ask you to give or ask you to help, you're like, nah, that's uncomfortable. No, no, no. I don't want you messing up my life. I wonder what would be the situation that the Lord would speak to you about. I think for many of us, in that moment of honesty, we'd say, I can be honest. I believe that this message is really, really good for my husband. I wish he was here to hear it. <laughs> this message is really good for my brother. Oh, man, I gotta forward this to him. Hopefully, he'll get the hint. Let, let's talk about you. Talk about your issue, your honesty. I can be healed if I choose to get honest. I can't imagine, maybe, maybe you can, but going to the doctor and just lying to him or her. When that doctor comes in, what are, what are we dealing with today? You're like, you know what? I just wanted to swing by and encourage you. I'm hoping that you have an awesome day. What are, what are you dealing with today? How can I help you? You're wasting my time here. Like, come on. Uh, what's your issue? How can I help you? You know, I'm just having the most incredible day. Things have been really good. I am, I am blessed and highly favored of the Lord and things are going awesome in my life. I'm just, I'm just here because I, I like this table. I like, I like the gown. It's really flattering. Like, well, what's all this blood on the floor? Where are you bleeding? No, that's tomato sauce. I had it in my pocket and I, 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 I broke the can on accident. Don't worry about that. What's this crazy thing growing out the side of your head? You know, I had some Play-Doh earlier and it's me and my kids were playing, making little tumors. I don't know. It's, it's nothing. You would never do that to your doctor. This is a moment of honesty. You wouldn't do that. But we'll do that to the Lord all the time. We'll do it on every single Sunday. What's this issue that you're dealing with? You know what? I'm blessed. I'm highly favored of the Lord. I'm just gonna sit here and pretend like everything's okay. Because Sunday's the day where we will lie to ourselves and lie to the Lord more than any other day. We do it all the time. If we're being honest, here is the Lord putting his finger on the issue of your life. What is that? Because you can get healed if you choose to be honest. Jesus says, go get your husband. And she said, I, I don't have one. He said, you're right about that. You've had five husbands, and one you had right now, that, that's not even your husband. Ouch. Thanks, Jesus. You went, you went a little too deep. But in that moment, she chooses not to back up. She says, wait a minute, I, I can see. There's something supernatural here. Something special is happening. And God begins to deal with her and unlock her potential when she gives him that rejection scar. I wonder what would be your issue? What would be your hurt? What would be your, your scar? What could God do with that if you're honest about it? You didn't hold on to it anymore. What could it be? I found this to be true that Jesus uses our deepest scars to help us find true beauty. He finds the things that are Hard to deal with. And he says, will you give me that? Because that's the key to unlocking your potential. This rejected woman that has gone from failed relationship to failed relationship becomes the first person on the planet to carry the message of the Messiah to an unreached people group. And she's female. How awesome is that? He doesn't use a Jew. He uses a female Samaritan, the outcast, the reject of society because he knows that people will see that there's something special about what's just happened in her heart. She's free from that. That's not her anymore. Jesus has taken that deep wound 
and turn it in to purpose. You see, her worth is no longer in her body, but in her purpose. You didn't catch that. Her worth isn't in her body, but in her purpose. And when she's honest with the Lord, he redeems her. That means to, to restore to its original intended purpose. What could he do with your hurt if you're honest with him? You see, I know this about God, that what others use and reject, God redeems. What others use and reject, God redeems. The disciples come back to Jesus and notice, notice that this woman that they passed on the way into the town is now running away screaming his praises, going to tell people like this, you gotta come meet this guy. He told me everything in the world about my life. I'm just telling you, this, the, it's the Messiah. It says many people believed because of her story. I wonder what could God unlock in your potential? I wonder if this day is a moment that you'll choose honesty or comfort and safety. Choose to stay behind the veil of what you think is your perfect life or if you'll allow the Holy Spirit to put the finger on the issue that's, that's, that you carried into this place. I think for some of us, it's different than the person sitting next to you, but you have your issue. You may not know what that is. Here's the good news. The Holy Spirit does and he wants to tell you. And in those moments, you have a choice to make, honesty or comfort, but you can't really have both. Honesty is difficult. It's difficult to step out of that comfort zone, to step away from safety and say, okay, Lord, this feels really unprotected right here. And God's like, that's the true you. Would you bow your head and close your eyes as we finish up today? I wanna give you a chance to have your moment with the Lord where the Holy Spirit shows you exactly what he wants to deal with. Now, I'm gonna invite you to, to pray a very, very simple prayer. And I believe if I've done my job correctly, the Holy Spirit is gonna show you something. He's gonna show you an issue. Some of you already know exactly what it is he's talking to you. He's been talking to you about it all week long. It's your issue. He's saying, I want you to trust me with this. This is your issue. And I want to deal with this thing. Now, when he shows you this issue, I want to invite you to make a choice to trust him. To trust him. You don't have to know the end of it. You just have to be willing to take the next step. Trusting him. For some of you, it's a marriage. For some of you, it's a broken relationship. For some of you, it's a church hurt. For others, it's your finances. You've never trusted God and honored him by letting him take control of your finances. You've never given anything. It's all been about you. The Lord wants to help you today. There's nothing wrong with money. There's something wrong when money has you. Some of you, it's your reputation. Some of you, it's your heart. Your heart's gotten really cold. For others of us, your issue was like mine. Addiction. Addiction was my issue but it wasn't the root of it. Mine started with rejection, with bitterness and hurt, anger at God. What's yours? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna invite you to pray a prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to show you. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? That's your prayer. Would you say that with me? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Now, you can be cute, 
You can be comfortable, you can be polite, or you can be honest. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? I think the Lord's dealing with some anger today. You've been angry at a person and God's saying, no, you're really angry with me. You're mad at me. You think I've disappointed you. I didn't do what you think I should do. I didn't speak when you think I should have spoken. You're not angry at her. You're angry at me. For others, it's your addiction, your pain. For some of us, it's worry. You are consumed with worry. You don't know how to think outside of worry. The Holy Spirit's saying, can I, can I have that? Would you be honest with me today? You're not okay. But that's exactly where I do my best work. I'm going to pray for you. If every person in this place would have that moment of honesty right here today, I believe that God can do something powerful. Now, I'm not here to embarrass you in any way. I'm here to help you. I just want to pray for you. So I want to invite you as a, as a sign of surrender. With no one looking at you, you're not looking at anyone else, would you do me a favor and just open up your hands and place them on your knees? As a sign of surrender and submission, it's what I like to do, just to show the Lord, like, hey, Lord, I'm, I'm open. I'm being honest here. Would you open up your hands, just set them on your knees? Holy Spirit, would you help me? Father, I pray that right now by the strength of your power that you'd begin to move in the lives and the hearts and the minds and the situations of our people. Lord, we come to you today with our issues. But instead of just coming to you and asking you to solve them, Father, we're saying, let me be honest before you, Lord, about my issue. I'm not okay. I'm not well. I'm not right. I'm not fixed. I'm not whole. I'm not perfect. I am not there yet. But here's, here's my, my, my heart, Lord. I know that you are. You are perfect in all of your ways and you're calling me to be more like you. You're sanctifying me. You're pulling these things out of my life because you love me too much to leave me stuck there. You love me too much to leave me stuck by the well, by myself, rejected and hurt and alone. You love me too much to watch me go from relationship, from relationship to relationship to relationship. You love me too much to watch me go from church to church, from business to business, from marriage to marriage. You love me too much. My calling is too great to fill my life with foolish things. Father, we choose today to be honest before you and ask, Lord, that you would help, help me. Father, I pray for every single person in this place that's dealing with something. I pray that right now by your strength and by your power that you would begin to change situations, change outcomes, change the future, change the destiny back to its redemptive purpose, back to what you have in store for us. We choose honesty before you. We need help. And your word tells us that you can handle it. I thank you in advance for the breakthroughs that are coming as we get honest before you. In Jesus' name. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, my friend, if you're here today, you're saying, Pastor, if I could be honest with you, I don't have this whole God thing worked out. You may have, have walked with God before, but you've gotten away from him, and you know that you need to come home. Today's your day. This is your moment. And I want to help you like somebody helped me one time, help you to take your next step. So if that's you and you don't have a relationship with God, let me help you by leading you in a prayer. It's a, it's, a, it's a powerful prayer. It's not some magical prayer, but it's a prayer of faith. I want to invite you to pray with me. 
So if this is you and you're saying, that's me, pastor, I wanna take this next step. Here's the prayer. I wanna invite you to pray it with me right where you are. Pray with me. It goes like this. Just say, Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that you came, you died, and rose from the grave so that I could have life and forgiveness for all of my sin. I invite you into my heart to be my Lord, my Savior, my boss. I give my life to you right now. In Jesus' name. With all heads bowed and every eye closed, or maybe you're watching online, if that was you, my friend, if you just prayed that prayer with me and you're willing to be honest, with nobody looking around, just simply slip your hand up in the air and say, that was me. I prayed that prayer with you, Pastor. I took that next step. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm proud of it. There you go. There you go. Good for you. Good for you. Good for you. I see you. I see you. If you're watching online, would you do me a favor? Just say, I prayed in the chat. As a matter of fact, we'd love to reach out to you and help you take this to the next step. You can do that by texting. Text the words, I prayed to 844-HRC-TEXT. It's coming up on your screen right now. If you're willing to take that next step, we would love to help you, help you understand what happened in your heart and what to do next. I'm extremely proud of you. Text us if you would. I wanna challenge you with that. It's good for you. Well, Highridge family, go ahead and look up at me if you would and stand to your feet. As we finish up today, I wanna invite you to, to do something that maybe you haven't done before. If you're watching online, would you share this message with your friends? Click the share icon and say, hey, you need to hear this. I think this is gonna help you. Let's get honest. I think God's word can do powerful things if his people would share it. I have our elders and their wives joining us here at the front and these guys are gonna be available to pray for you about anything that you might need prayer for. We believe that prayer changes things. Let me pray for you and bless you as we go. Father, I pray that you bless my friends with an incredible week following after you all week long in Jesus' name. And everyone said together, amen. God bless you as you go. I hope you have an awesome day. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com slash give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.